Welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast, where we tackle teaching challenges from a biblical perspective. Why are we here? Because we don't believe that our spiritual walk and teaching profession should exist in two separate domains. Rather, the hope we have in Christ should change how we approach everything, not just at home, but at school as well. So join us as we explore both the spiritual and practical sides of key teaching challenges, integrating them together so we can succeed at teaching, glorify God, and make a lasting difference in our students' hearts and lives. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast series on effective classroom management. Um, So far in episode one, we talked about the kind of classroom management that God has called us to. We talked about the fruit of the Spirit and looking at our students and caring about their heart and soul, not just their behavior, and then the importance of holding students accountable. In episode two, we talked about three big classroom management mistakes that are really common but that we want to avoid. And then last week, we talked about how the process you can use to create and then implement a classroom management plan to help your classroom run so much more smoothly. Today, I'm so excited to bring you an interview with Laura, who's a teacher that has gone through our mentorship program, which is the program where we used to teach the process of creating and implementing a classroom management plan. It's the same process that we now teach in the all-new Classroom Management 101. So she's going to share with us her experience in writing her plan and then implementing it in the classroom, as well as her advice um, for those that are struggling with classroom management or considering um, creating a plan like this for yourself. So I can't wait to share this with you. Let's listen to this conversation now. I'm so excited to talk today with Laura Lucas. Laura has taken a lot of our programs at Teach for the Heart, and she's going to share a little bit about her experience, particularly uh, with writing and implementing a classroom management plan. Uh, Before we do that, though, Laura, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit, uh, before we get into the details, just about yourself and about your teaching situation, where you teach, how long you've been teaching, things like that? Yes, I'm in my sixth year of teaching at a private Christian school. Teaching is a second career for me. I worked for 12 years as a research scientist before becoming a science teacher at my children's school. And this year, I'm teaching general science in grades three through six, high school chemistry, And I also oversee our school's science club. So all in all, I have 129 students in grades (laughs) 3 through 12. Wow. Yes, that is a lot. Um, And and that's really exciting, though. That's really cool to hear a little bit about where you are and what you're doing. And um, we've taken a lot of programs here at Teach for the Heart with us recently. Uh, Today, we're going to talk specifically about classroom management and particularly how you created and then implemented a written classroom management plan. Um, but for those of you that are listening, this process was previously taught in our mentorship program, and now we teach it in the all-new Classroom Management 101. So, Laura, though, let's kind of start at the beginning. What was it like before you made this plan? What frustrations are you experiencing with classroom management? I think my biggest challenge was lack of ownership. I, I do not have my own classroom. I've, I've never had my own classroom in all six years that I have been teaching. And so that means I travel to different rooms for all the classes that I teach. And what I found was that I was always deferring to the homeroom teachers for the ways that they were running their classes. And I found that to be quite frustrating at times. The benefit of that was that a lot of the rules, rhythms, and classroom procedures were already defined for me. And that was especially helpful 
when I started in the classroom, since I was coming from a completely different career that didn't require me to work with young children all day. Um, but the ex- frustration that I experienced was that I just felt like I didn't have the freedom to adapt things to my teaching style or needs. And I was just trying to keep so many different ways of doing things straight in my mind. So what am I doing in third grade versus what am I doing in sixth grade? And how am I supposed to do this in in this classroom with this setup versus a different teacher that wanted um, something done differently? And especially that first year, it was a challenge because I was working with eight different homeroom teachers and some things were streamlined and some things weren't. So, um, you know, just that lack of ownership and trying to keep so many different things straight, but also feeling like I was lacking that freedom to develop my own style. I felt like that really stifled my confidence and my growth in my early years in the classroom. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And that will be really confusing (laughs) too, just as you go throughout the day. Did you find that that kind of trickled down into student behavior and made it harder to deal with issues sometimes too? Not necessarily. Um, I, I, the procedures were there. It was just more a matter of, of if I was consistent in implementing them. So it wasn't always that I didn't know what to do. It was just trying to implement them in a way that was consistent with what the other teachers were doing. I think the hardest thing was, you know, I would come in and I would be going into a classroom three days a week and I would, I would come in not knowing has a student already had a warning for this particular behavior today or not? And so a lot of times I would let things slide because I would try to show grace first and maybe students got away with things more often than they should have just because I I didn't always know what I was walking into. Right, right. It makes it a lot harder to be consistent for sure. That Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yes. So tell us then a little bit about the process of writing your plan. What did that look like for you? I found it to be very liberating. Uh, As I got started in the process, some steps were just so clear in my mind. And I knew exactly what to write down, things that were already working well, or things that were very well established in each grade level where I was teaching, and I knew they would be difficult to change. So they were just already set. Mm -hmm. And so once I was actually able to write those things down, it really boosted my confidence and helped me to see that I was already doing a lot of things right. Um, Whereas in the moment at school, my tendency was just to focus on the areas where I was less confident or felt Mm -hmm. like something wasn't working well. So that was, that was huge. Just having it, being able to see it on paper and see how many things were, uh, were working well. And then the places where I struggled with ideas or maybe felt like a change was needed. And that was just as informative because then it it just showed me where I needed to work to develop a more concrete action plan. Yeah. I love hearing that. That makes sense that not only were the places that you weren't sure helpful, but just recognizing and giving you that confidence that yes, okay, I actually do know what I'm doing in all of these. And, and um, yeah, that's really, that's really cool. That makes sense. Um, So as you wrote this plan, uh, you know, obviously looking at all these different things, that takes a little bit of work. Did you feel like it was worth the um, time that you invested into kind of writing out some of these things and thinking through these different areas? 
Absolutely. And I, I will say that my plan is really long because I had to spell out all, all the differences for the different classes and grade levels that I teach. And there are certain things that just need to be different when you're dealing with a third grader versus a sixth grader versus yes. a junior in high school. So uh, it, it was an investment, but it really was worth it. And I felt like I learned some really important things about myself that made me a better teacher. So what I discovered was when I found consistencies across grade levels, then those were places where I began to feel that I had ownership because I recognized that mm. those things, those were the things that felt right and felt good, a good part of my teaching style um, when I was you know, doing certain things the same way across grade levels. But then the points of differentiation where maybe I needed to do something different in third grade versus sixth grade versus another grade, I learned to recognize those differences as the flex points that were an important part of being um, being integrated into the grade level teaching team. Um, whereas before, I was just feeling those places as points of frustration where I was losing freedom and I couldn't do things the way that I wanted to. Um, and so by writing the plan, I was able to shift my mindset really. And I think that helped me become a more effective collaborator. Um, just as an example, so in writing the plan, one of the things that's different in each grade level um, where I teach is the way that makeup work is communicated when students are absent. And it, you know, it, it just, there's different policies and procedures for how that's done. And it was something I didn't really feel like I had ownership over. But in spelling those things out in my classroom management plan, I realized that in one particular grade level that there would be a great way to streamline that and make it simpler, not only for myself, but for all the other teachers teaching in that grade level. And so I was able to go to the homeroom teacher and present this idea and say, hey, let's still use this sheet in the same general format. But what if we did this to preset it as a template so that there's less writing that we need to do on it each day? Um, and she really liked that. And it has really helped to streamline our process this year. Oh, that's really neat. That's really cool to hear. And it sounds like, um, yeah, one of the benefits of this system for writing a plan is that, um, you know, we're not telling you, you have to do things a certain way that you kind of have that freedom to ask yourself, well, what makes sense? And this space to think about what your teaching style should look like, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I love that example of streamlining and finding a way like, okay, this system is kind of not really working that great. Let's find a way to make it work a lot better. Um, well, there, do you have any other examples of something that you um, thought through and felt like, wow, this is now more in line with my teaching style um, than it was before? Well, an another example, and this kind of goes along with um, just changes in student behavior and the way that I can communicate with students is how I try to keep control during a lab situation. So that's one thing that's different and unique about what I'm teaching versus the other um, teachers that I'm, I'm teaching with in each grade level. So lab days are really interactive and they can be difficult for maintaining control. And so mm -hmm. uh, in writing my plan, which I did over the summer, I was really able to think through, okay, what, 
what are acceptable noise levels? How could I describe those and communicate those to the students? And I presented that to the students at the beginning of the year, but rather than it just being an oral description, I made a visual chart to go with it and posted it in the classroom. And I used it across all the different grade levels that I teach. And it was so successful that the art teachers were begging me if they could use this chart. And they were telling me that the kids were coming to them and saying, Oh, Mrs. Lucas uh, does this. And uh, you know, so it, that made me feel really good to feel like I had something to share, something valuable to share with other teachers. Um, whereas before, you know, I just felt like I'd be coming into the classroom and coming out and, you know, just hoping that I, you know, could kind of keep, keep things going and that I wasn't being too inconsistent from the other teachers. So, you know, with that, I just found it very powerful to think through the key phrases and signals that I could use to quickly communicate with students what my expectations are. Um, And then with that, I can really just focus on teaching well and engaging with the students instead of just staying in my head about what should I do next or all these things that aren't going right. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Man, I was going to ask you next, how has having how has having a plan affected your confidence and stress level? But you've already shared so much about that. Do you have anything else to add about that? I do. So it has definitely boosted my confidence, but I consider this plan a reference manual and something that's as important as my long range teaching plans. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having done it over the summer at the same time when I was thinking about my year long teaching plans, it just set such a positive tone on my whole entire school year. And it's something like my long range plans that I can go back to at any time throughout the year to see how I'm progressing um, and what's work, what's continuing to work well, or maybe the places that I need to tweak where I've gotten off course, or maybe something's not quite working right for this particular group of students. And I can come up with another idea. So um So that too is also, I guess, it's confidence and stress, just knowing that I have something concrete, just kind of my playbook or my manual that I can always go back to throughout the year. And I don't have to worry as much about just trying to keep all the ideas or all the different things in my head. Mm, Yes, that makes so much sense. So All of this planning and then confidence, um, have you seen a difference at all in your classroom or in your student behavior as a result? Well, like I said before, I I think, you know, the biggest difference is just in managing the noise levels and having a quick way to regain the attention and control when things are escalating to a level that I am not comfortable with. So I, I do feel like when, when things are beginning to stray, I just, I have those, those catchphrases or those signals where I can quickly draw a single student or group of students back into, uh, back into refocus. And I think, you know, that just makes everything run more smoothly and efficiently. And you don't feel like you're losing as much time just trying to rein everybody back in. 
Yes, that's so important to be able to kind of get get those kids back in and back focus without it spiraling out of control. So that is awesome that you're seeing that difference. So there's lots of teachers listening to this right now. And if you were sitting one-on-one and able to talk with a teacher who's kind of struggling right now with classroom management, I'm sure you'd have a lot to say. <laughs> but if you could share, what what couple pieces of advice would you most want them to hear? Well, I would, I would definitely recommend having, taking the time to create a written plan. And I know it can feel overwhelming at first, but I think the point is to just get started. It's, there's not a right or wrong time. Um, The point is just, just get going and Mm -hmm. just get it down on paper. What, what you're doing now. So define what you're doing now, get that down and then evaluate that. Is that working? Is that effective? Is it sometimes effective? And if not, why not? Or is it not working at all? And it's someplace that you you need to change things up. I think it, uh, you know, for any, it can be helpful for any teacher, um, especially those who are new to teaching or in a new assignment, or maybe someone like me who is experienced in the workforce, but is just transitioning into the classroom from a different profession. Um, And so, you know, it just, it really highlights those areas where maybe some extra attention is needed. But like I experienced, I, I found that there were things that were going well. And so, you know, I would say, when, when you do that, you can give yourself and God credit for what's going well. And then you can also humbly receive God's grace and wisdom for the areas that aren't. And then, and that I think was part of the process that was so freeing for me. Oh, I love that. Can you expound a little bit on what you just said about um, kind of how you dealt with this on a spiritual level? Yes. So, you know, I think, I think for me, just one, one of my biggest challenges you know, coming into the classroom, having not taught and just having a completely different experience and not being a homeroom teacher, I just really struggled with my confidence from the get-go, just feeling like, wow, I'm with all these great teachers that seem to know exactly what to do in every situation. And, you know, I'm floundering and trying to find my way. um, And, it was hard. It was really hard to just feel like, you know, I, I could contribute my scientific knowledge and I could help kids learn the basic facts of science, but how am I running my classroom in a way that helps contribute to their growth of character and gets to their hearts, which is the real reason I'm there because I felt like God called me to teach. And so, you know, in the, in the process of writing the plan, I just felt like that was the first time where I could really see see myself and see God working into me coming into my own as a teacher. And I'm not just in, I'm just not in the shadows of all these other highly experienced teachers that are with their kids for the majority of the day. And I'm not just breezing in and breezing out for 50 minutes and not making an impact. Um, There's so many things to consider in the plan, and each one of those is is an opportunity where I can impact the hearts and lives of my children much beyond the subject matter that I'm teaching. And so with that process, um, I I felt like 
you know, for myself, it was like, wow, there is a lot that's going well. And then I could thank the Lord for that because it just wasn't clear to me because I was just struggling in my head with the little things that weren't, and they were all adding up. Um, But then the places where I felt um, a little bit less uh, clear uh, about what to do in certain situations, then that's a place where I could, I could just be more open to receiving um, direction for how I could improve in those areas instead of just being down and overwhelmed that nothing was going right because the plan writing the plan showed me that that just wasn't true. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love hearing that. And and that, right. That is the whole point, right. To be able to reach our students' hearts. And I love that even just the process of writing a plan was something God was able to use in your life to help you towards that goal and help you think through some of this and pray through some of that. Um, and see how he was already using you and create opportunities to use you more. That's amazing. Well, Laura, thank you so much. I've loved speaking with you. I can't wait for people to hear what you've had to say. Is there anything else that you'd like to share um, before we wrap up? I just want to encourage teachers to, to get started in the process and get down whatever ideas you have and refine them from there. Don't feel like you have to get it right the first time or even get it complete. Uh, There are still places in my plan where, you know, I look back at it and think, yeah, I, I still need to keep thinking about a way to improve that. Or maybe I need to talk to another teacher about some, you know, getting some fresh ideas um, in, in certain areas. And that's okay. It just, it really is a living document. That's how I think of it. It's what I have is a place to start, but it's something I can always go back to and I can refine and update it to reflect my current teaching situation. So it's, um, I think that too, just also, also makes it so, so valuable. Yes. I'm so glad you mentioned that because, right, there's not this, um, at least the way we teach it, there's no pressure to make a perfect plan the first time around. That's just not realistic. <laughs> it's just start where you are, think through what you can. And then, yes, it's, it's. I love that you call it a living document. We're going to edit it. We're going to adjust it. Um, and it's going to gonna morph and change as we learn and grow and, and try out new things. Well, that's awesome, Laura. Thank you again so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Um, and we wish you all the best. You're welcome. Thank you, Linda. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Laura. I know I really did. And remember, if you would like help creating your classroom management plan and you would like someone to come alongside and support you, we walk you through step-by-step how to create this plan and then implement it in your classroom in the all-new Classroom Management 101, which is on sale um, right now as well. So if you head to teachfortheheart.com slash new, teachfortheheart.com slash new, you can get all the details about the all-new Classroom Management 101 and join there. Before we go, though, let's take a moment and pray because there is nothing that we cannot bring to our Lord in prayer. We're going to have a shorter time today, but I hope that it will still be helpful for you. Father, we thank you that you are with us. We ask you to guide us and reveal our hearts and to show us your will and plan in our classroom management. Teacher, take a moment and invite God into any struggles that you're feeling right now with classroom management and ask him to work in them.
and then take a moment to praise God for what he has already done in your classroom and what he is going to do. Father, we do praise you. You are great and mighty and you do great things. Sometimes we can see it and we praise your name. Sometimes we can't see it and we still um, desire to praise your name, whether we see what you're doing or not, because we know that you are at work. I pray that you will help each teacher now um, guide them and direct them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys again for being here. Once again, all of the notes and the links and everything that you need from these uh, this podcast series can be found at teachfortheheart.com slash management. Um, we'll be off for a little bit before we start our next series, um, but we hope that you've enjoyed this and hope to see some of you guys over in Classroom Management 101. Teacher, remember in the meantime, God is at work in you and through you, and he's using you to make a difference. Keep your eyes on him and teach for the heart. 